another sweet day. Another beautiful day. A day that we did not even know that we would experience. But because of your goodness, your grace, and your mercy, we can experience and we can also experiment under your divine watchful eye. So we thank you, Father God, with uplifted hearts, minds, and spirits. We thank you for everything. Thank you for the message that is about to unfold before your people here this morning. If there's anyone that's on their way, God, we ask that you bless them and keep them as they travel. As there are dangers seen and unseen on the highways and the byways. So, Father God, when it's all said and done, we'll be blessed and favored by you. And it's all in the mighty matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Once again, in your Bibles, you can turn to it again. I'm just going to read the first 11 verses of Jeremiah 29 for you. And it will launch from there. Thank God for Pastor Harris reading the word with a good, clear voice. Amen. They help us to wake up. Amen. And the word of God reads, Now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the remainder of the elders who were carried away captive to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. This happened after Jeconiah, the king, the queen mother, the eunuchs, the princes of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen, and the smiths had departed from Jerusalem. Verse 3, the letter was sent by the hand of Elasa, the son of Shaphan, and Gemariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, the king of Judah, sent to Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and dwell in them, plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters 
that you may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it for in its peace you will have peace for thus says the Lord of hosts the God of Israel do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you nor listen to your dreams which you have caused to be dreamed for they prophesy falsely to you in my name I have not sent them says the Lord for thus says the Lord of after the 70 years are completed at Babylon I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place for I know the thoughts that I think toward you says the Lord thoughts of peace and not evil of evil to give you a future and a hope may the Lord add a blessing to the reading to the hearers and doers of his holy word if I would use for a topic this morning or a subject I would use a hope and a future hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen future is time regarded as still to come look at your neighbor and say neighbor do not look for the plan because God is making your future again do not look for the plan because God is making your future. Say that with me. Do not look for the plan because God is making your future. Amen. God has already got everything under control. And we must lean more toward that now more so than ever before. Because, as we will find out and as we have read in the scriptures, the false prophets are out there hard and heavy nowadays. Am I right about it? So don't be deceived by those false prophets as the children of Israel were. We are a people in this day and time are set to serve and continually serve till the day we die. It does not make any sense to come to service after service and miss that great getting up morning. While you're here, while you're alive, while we are here, while we are alive, amen, it behooves us to stay with God. Amen. Y'all lift up your heads this morning. Amen. Sleep time is over. It behooves us to live for God while we have a chance. 
We don't want to waste our time looking for a blank promise. We must be on our knees, but you cannot stay on your knees all day and all night. You can pray anywhere. On our knees as much as we can, as much as we can stand. You can pray standing, you can pray sitting, you can pray lying, but I wouldn't encourage that one because you might go to sleep. (laughs) Amen. So we must press toward the mark of a calling in Christ Jesus. As we press toward the mark of a call in Christ Jesus, we're sure to be landing in the right place. Amen? So, before I get into the message, just bear in mind, stay with God. He never left us. He never forsook us. So we have to match as close as possible by staying with God. So I encourage you to do just that. Stay with God. Because when it's all said and done, and as the people say out in the world today, at the end of the day, we're going to see If our standing with God was good or no. I believe, and you must, and I encourage you to believe with me, to stand with God as much as you know because when it's all said and done, I believe and we must believe that we're going to a better place. When they lay us to rest in the grave, that is the end there. But our spirit moves on to be with God. Amen. And I thank God that he operates by his spirit because a lot of things we don't even need to see. But by his spirit, we can experience the best of him. I don't want to sound like I'm fussing at nobody. Amen. I just want to encourage you. While I have the breath in my body, I want to make sure that I touch somebody's life. I'm sorry if you come this morning and you're looking for a hoop and holler message, you know that's not what I'm about. (laughs) But you can hoop and holler in the meantime, amen, because what I say, what I say to you, I prepared it in truth, amen, and we must hear the truth today rather than a lie. Don't miss God because he has a hope and a future 
for you. When it comes to our hope and our future, we must be assured that God will perform that which he said he will do, and what he says he will do gives our heart's desire, and that is a bright future, so we must be encouraged to know that he will bring all things to pass concerning his people. Life everlasting, eternal life. No matter which way you turn it, amen, it's all for our good. The enemy is not going to tell you that you're going, if you live right, that you're going to receive eternal life, life eternal. He's not going to tell you that. So don't believe a lie if he tell you something other than that. Am I right about it? Here's the fact. You'll experience misfortune and change. Pretending otherwise it, it isn't. Pretending otherwise it isn't healthy or realistic. How do you deal with misfortune and change determines your joy? Most of us are aware of the popular verse, and we oftentimes quote it, but do we really know what it means? Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Jeremiah 29 11. We quote it. We share it with grieving friends and post it on our mirrors while we are preparing for work. We start our day pumped up and ready to take on the world. But do we truly know what it means when it comes to our own individual lives? Do we know? In order to understand its meaning, we have to hang out in 28th chapter of Jeremiah so that we'll understand what he was talking about in the 29th chapter. Understanding the history of Israel, the nature of the exile, and the promise of the future. The Israelites disobeyed God in every possible way. They traded the Almighty God for evil gods, preferring to worship demons than bow to the King of Kings. As a result of that disobedience, God sent them into Babylonian exile. Even though they were sent into captivity, God still had a plan for their lives. Do not leave them. He did not leave them all by themselves. He was there all the time. In the midst of that, they met Hananiah, not just a prophet, but a false prophet. In chapter 28, he prophesied peace for Israel, saying they will be returning to Jerusalem 
soon. His message, all will be well. Problem was, he didn't tell the truth. All would not be well until God said so. Today we see hundreds and even thousands of Hananiahs prophesying the same thing. It's not in the Bible, but we all know there's a thing called prophesying and there's a thing called prophesying. They say all is well, prosperity is coming. Claim your victory, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. And then we as believers put Jeremiah 29, 11 in with that. We want to believe the Christian life is all about our happiness. We want joy, but we don't want exile to create it. We want to be strong in Jesus, but we don't want to walk the Calvary walk he walked. We want happiness without pain. So in the book of Jeremiah 29, chapter, verses 4 through 10, we find a letter being delivered to the children of Israel who were in captivity in Babylon. I can just imagine them wondering and murmuring and complaining to themselves why a good God would send us into captivity. Why a good God would send us into captivity. When something bad happens, that means that God is trying to get our attention most of the time. And when something happens, we got to know that if we are walking with God, we have to know that after a while, by and by, it's going to be good. I'm going to take a few minutes here and mess up somebody's theology. Then we're going to rephrase it so we understand it better in its original text. We often approach Jeremiah 29 11 as a security blanket. God has a plan that is good, so clearly this suffering I'm going through will end soon, and then my flourishing will begin. That is not all what God was promising to the Israelites, and it's not what? He's promising us either. Sometime it's going to be hard before it get easy. Sometime there's going to be crying and suffering before the storm passes away. Sometimes we'll have to suffer loss until that storm blows over. Jeremiah 29 and 11 explains the heart of the verse is not that we should escape our troubles, but we would learn to strive in the midst of it. 
God will always make a way out of no way. He'll make a way when you are worrying. He'll make a way when you are sick. He'll make a way when you're almost at the point of death. He'll make a way while you are suffering. He'll make a way out of no way. Here in, here's the context. The Israelites were in exile, a punishment of God from God as a result of their disobedience. The prophet Jeremiah confronts the false prophet Hananiah who had announced that God was going to free Israel from Babylon in two years. Now if God say, I'm going to deliver you from the hand of the enemy in 70 years. Two years don't even come close to it. But however long the time, we must put our trust and put our faith in God. Jeremiah calls out Hananiah's lie and then states the promise we read in 29.11. God does indeed have a good plan for the Christian family. And it is a plan that will give us hope and a prospering future. Sounds good, right? Sounds good, right? Before he shares his promise, he gives them and he gives us instructions as what we are supposed to do. And that is in the seventh verse. He says, seek peace and prosperity to the city which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Before it because if it prospers you, you too will prosper. So God does not put us in a mess and leave us in a mess. He put us in a mess to deliver us through the mess and past the mess. This is not all what Israel wanted to hear. They wanted to be told that they were going to go home. They wanted to be told that their suffering was going to end sooner than later. Instead, God's plan was for them to stay right there and where they were and to help prosper the nation enslaved that enslaved them. God even had a plan for the nation of Babylon. And see, this is how God works. He will put you in the middle of a situation, and while you're in the situation, whoever calls you to be hurting, he will bless them also just because of you. <laughs> Y'all hear me this morning? I said that when he causes you to go through something and you're in the midst of trouble and you're in the midst of mess, those that are causing you to be hurt and harmed and almost your life taken and endangered, 
he will bless them also. So at the same time, he is using you to bless somebody else. Amen. All he wanted them to do while they was there during those 70 years was to seek peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Amen. God put them in a good situation whether they believed it or not because they were in a city or in a country that was flourishing already. So in order for God to save their lives, in the meantime, he put them in the middle of a tough situation. And when he put them in the middle of a tough situation, he told them to immediately begin to set up your houses, set up your garden, set up everything because you're going to be here a while. Amen. What a test of patience that he put them through. The same thing he did for them, he'll do for you. He even had a plan for the nation of Babylon. He told them they would be with their captives for 70 long years. He told them to get settled in, build houses, plant crops, enjoy the fruits of their labor. Verses 6 through 9. And then comes the biggest disappointment they probably have ever received. Verse 10. God says that he will fulfill this after seven years, 70 years, you'll be in Babylon. After 70 years. See, they hadn't heard this word yet. Now, until they got settled in, when they heard that it was going to be there for 70 years. Just imagine if you were locked in a place for 70 years and we're living in the day's time, what would you think? Deacon Bell, you just passed 75 years. Just think, if you were just 70 years earlier and then 70 plus years, you were still in one place. But God wanted to most definitely get their attention. When we go through it, and it's over, amen, we can say, amen. In verse 11, he says, thoughts of peace. Tells us that his thoughts of peace are vital toward us as long as we live. He's always thinking of us. The omniscience part of God. Then he goes on to say that, his thoughts are not evil toward us. Many people think that God is a big bully in the sky. And they think that he spends his time waiting for them and waiting for us to do wrong. He's only planning to give us an expected end. Jeremiah called 
Jeremiah's call from God teaches how intimately God knows us. He loves us before anyone else knew we would exist. He cared for us while we were there in our mother's womb. He planned our lives while our bodies were still being formed. He values us more highly than we value ourselves. Jeremiah had to depend on God's love as he grew in strength to the many tasks God gave him to do. His audience were usually antagonistic, which means they were dead set against his message of warning. He was ignored. His life was often threatened. Finally, he watched Judah's defeat at the hands of the Babylon. All of the messages of warning that he delivered to God's people could only be responded with tears and sorrow. And as they were led away by the Babylonian prison guards, with the expectation, with the exception of Josiah, Jeremiah watched king after king Ignore his warnings to lead the people away from God. I can only imagine that he was thinking, and that might have been, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray, then they would not have been carried away into captivity. Jeremiah's Jeremiah felt God's love firsthand and the rejection of that love by his people. If we are praying every day and acknowledging him, then without a shadow of doubt we will know that he is with us.